is Corey and Phil, and we're feeling good. We're bringing soccer, this football, to this American hood. Thirsty Thursday got the best of you, so settle down with the gentle dude. other football hello everybody welcome back to the other football podcast what is going on my name is Corey. as always i am here with phil phil what is cracking happy march 24th one short week after saint patrick's day i hope you all survived we did barely some of us and and we hey let's be easy now uh before we get going into weekend talk, a little housekeeping here for the other football podcast. We are officially going to be going to Vegas next weekend, and I think we're going to be recording a segment there. Sure, sure. We haven't decided which segment or when. Yep. Shout out to Al. Uh, that's yes. whose bachelor party we are heading to, a.k.a. Al, a.k.a. Messi lookalike 2.0. So we have a friend who looks exactly nothing like messy and apparently just sent us a text message minutes before this podcast saying hey guys i was in la right yep, or cali. yep cali and guy asked me if i, if I was from argentina because i look like messy <laughs> and both of us promptly to respond uh i don't believe this is a real story and you look nothing like messy so nothing like messy i've never seen it and i've never even thought of it and now that that thought's in my mind and it, it's not even close it's the world's most unattractive doppelganger you could possibly think of. Sorry, Al. <laughs> Sorry, Al. Wink, wink. Just kidding. But anyway, so yeah, like Phil said, we are going to be um, Vegas next week. Should be interesting. Um, we'll see what we can bring your way. Should be something good. What we can bring your um, way is the Champions League quarterfinal draws are out. We have the final eight, and we know exactly who's playing who and on what dates. So, Corey, starting first, we've got a matchup on April 11th. Dortmund BVB versus Monaco. Oh, yeah. April 11th. April 11th, sticks. the other April 11th matchup. April sticks. Juventus versus Barcelona. So, third matchup would be April 12th, next day, which I presume is a Wednesday. Atletico Madrid versus Leicester City. Leicester keeping the dream alive. And the final matchup also on the 12th, Bayern versus Real. Talk about ending on a high note there. Powerhouses. Powerhouses. So let's quickly run let's quickly run through these matchups. Corey, we got starting with the top, we got our boy Christian Pulisic yep. versus Monaco. First things first, Monaco's not in France. Did you know that? Uh I did not. Like, the I, only thing I knew about it was that they have like these, you know, they always had the the races, the F1 Formula One races, uh, everyone makes like a shit ton of money there. That's all I know. Yeah, I wanted to rephrase. I did know that the country Monaco was not in France, but I did not know that the team AS Monaco was from Monaco and not actually just a region in France that was probably called Monaco. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, but they're not actually French. So kind of a newsbreaker for Phil. <laughs> but more importantly, uh, guys, this is a really, really good Monaco team. Uh, mm-hmm. They are sitting pretty top of the league right now in Ligue 1. Uh, three points up on PSG. So, you know, I know a lot of people look at this board and they're like, Monaco, probably easily the worst team behind Leicester City uh, in this ground, <laughs> in this gr- group, I should say. Not at all. Very, very good team. They've got like 70-some-odd points. They've been kicking everyone's ass. Yep. A lot of firepower. Uh, a lot of firepower. It's it's kind of like if I was French and this was the team, it's it would be like the Toronto Maple Leafs representing North America uh, in some kind of an international hockey championship. Oh. 
Would you that support would him? Mm-hmm. As a Bruins fan, would you support him? That would be real tough. Because you know how the, the was it Philadelphia, the five college teams that all support each other if one of them gets knocked out? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Like Villanova, yeah. Penn, Penn I Pitt, the other ones. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they have the that type of a union um, nah, between not. France and Monaco. Uh, one quick fun fact about Monaco is that their country motto is called Deo Juvante, which means with God's help. Huh. Might so as they're, well playing the trophy now. they're playing that card. They're playing that card. Okay. <laughs> Might as well just give them the trophy now. Doesn't seem fair. But, you know, whatever you got to do. Speaking of that, though, we went on to then look up to see what other. So, all the countries, there's only five represented in the final eight teams. Let's do a quick USA? run of all the. USA in there? Uh, LA, no, LA Galaxy? Seattle Sounders? Not in the European Champions League. Oh, no. come on, man. You got to get them in there. That's That's real soccer. It's real stuff. Really, that's the man sport right it's, there. U.S. Oh, soccer. This this Champions League is such a very pussy football. Yeah, man. man. Real football MLS. U.S. Bro. Open Cup. That's where it's at. Uh, um, so, fun facts, real quick. Germany's country motto. I didn't know people had country mottos uh, until I saw this. Germany's is Eigen. Actually, Corey, do you want to read this for us? Sure. <clears throat> I believe it's pronounced which in English translates to unity and justice and freedom. Hello <laughs> <laughs> no, well. about that. Um, uh, Italy, also represented. They've got nothing. Shocking. Yeah, Classic no Italy motto there. Just doesn't give a shit about it. Spain is plus ultra, which means further beyond. Just sounds extremely cocky to me. It does. And um, England also has nothing. Pretty cool. So which, well, we know which two countries lame. aren't going to win this tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, quickly jumping to the Dortmund side of things, they're currently sitting in third place uh, behind Bayern and somebody else who I already forgot. No, nope, it's Leipzig. <laughs> Kidding. They're the, these guys, flash, flashback, Leipzig was the team that played the man formation where they played two defenders, two defensive mid, two regular mids, two oh, offensive yeah, yeah. mid, and two I remember strikers. That. Yep. And the goalie. They're the man formation. So they're actually – it's working for them. Uh, Clearly. Although they're 13 points behind Bayern, who's in first place. So I yeah, can't say that doesn't that count, well, though. But Hey, second, second. Second's just not that bad. You're right behind the first loser. It's always a good thing. Not terrible. Uh, quick note, Pulisic, though, not only hitting the media in the U.S., German newspapers. Woo. Oh, have they taken a liking to the young oh, lad? Oh, they've taken a loving to the young lad in all the right ways. That's good to hear. Uh, I think he's single-handedly fixing international relations between the U.S. and Germany. He could be. On Trump's behalf. I mean, that's Trump's not going to do that's it. That's huge. That's huge news. Huge. A lot huge. of people are saying Christian Pulisic is great. <laughs> He's got the best ball skills. A, lo- a lot of people good. are saying that. He's got small hands. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why Trump likes him. Um, anywho, but that that is good to hear because, like, you think of the best U.S. players we've had: Landon Donovan, Nobody Clint Dempsey. I mean, even how good they were. You know how Dempsey played pretty well with Everton. Just doesn't get the respect. So it's nice to see um, Pulisic actually, you know, kind of fitting in there with the uh, with the locals. So, um, but yeah, Dortmund Monaco. That's should be a good matchup. Speaking of good matchups, though, and just two powerhouses, we got the Italian boys from Juventus versus Barcelona. Barca Dang. is two points back on Madrid. Yep. After their yep. miracle comeback, but they're still sitting second place in the league. And Juventus is still crushing the Serie A like they always do. They're eight points up on Roma. So that is going to – we've got between that game and the Bayern Royal game, oh. which we'll get to in a little bit, 
two very, very good matchups in the quarterfinals. They usually get one at minimum. Uh, but for us to see these two could leave us with a potential Leicester-Monaco semifinal matchup, which would be quite a shame to see in the <laughs> semifinals um, with all those big teams out. But that's a good one to look forward to. And then the next day, we've got Atletico Leicester. Mm-hmm. So not as great of a matchup, but we'll be interesting to see how well Leicester can pull itself together after completely forfeiting the uh, EPL. Yeah, I was about to say, all of you, you think it's not a great matchup, but you forget. This is Champions League Leicester we're talking. Not EPL Leicester. This is this is Champions League Leicester. And they're pretty much the face of England right now, uh, which is a really sad, sad thing for all the other teams. I think if <laughs> Chelsea had made Champions League last year, uh, they would still be in this tournament the way that they've been playing this year. But yep, unfortunately, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, I think Leicester's really looking to continue there. They really this, they are out of all these teams, the Cinderella story. Um, I would compare oh, it sure. to the movie uh, where Madrid and Ronaldo is Chad Michael Murray, and <laughs> Lester and Vardy is Hillary Duff, and they're emailing each other and meet at a school dance. And, you know, re- yeah, yeah. Go, Golden go no shoe. further, Phil. Say no go more. Go no further. <laughs> we all, we all understand. Um, and then, like we've already, uh, we've already pointed out, we're finishing up with Bayern Real. That's really. The money matchup here. I mean, I think we can all say we'd be very happy if that was the Champions League finals. Instead, we're getting that in the quarters. So, you know, one of these two is, I mean, they're out after this round, which is just a shame. Um, But Madrid, uh, you already talked about it in La Liga. They are in first by two points uh, over Barca. And uh, Bayern, that goes without saying, basically, the distance might as well be a million points. No one's catching them in the Bundesliga. Shipping off to the EPL, uh, nothing has changed. Chelsea still has a 10-point gap. Um, I think they should have a new model that says, please mind the gap. <laughs> mind the giant gap. Mind the 10-point gap. The 10 point please gap. mind the gap. We could make um, that into a shirt, maybe. Guys, if you want to buy one, let me know. I'll make one for you. <laughs> um, Arsenal still sucks. They lost 3-1 to one to West Brom. Oh. Now they're in sixth, tied with Everton, so... You know things are not going well when you are tied with Everton and you're supposed to be um, fighting for Champions League qualification. You, you know things aren't going well when you play a game and there's an airplane that flies over with a banner that says Wenger out and then promptly followed by another airplane with a banner that says trust in Wenger. Yeah. <laughs> so everything's fine in Arsenal, guys. Everything's, everything's fine. fine. Don't worry about it. No one's mad. Perfect, just, perfect placement for that. Fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Perfect placement for that meme. Of the dog with the fire everywhere. <laughs> Everything is fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. That's I'm not mad. That's I swear. Arsenal. I'm not mad. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of not fine for Arsenal, uh, Tottenham, big three points this weekend. They are now in second place. Uh, Leapfrog City, who we'll get to. Um, Phil, question for you. This is something you've been able to celebrate. You and all the Arsenal fans have been able to celebrate every year. St. What is it? Tottingham's Day? Tottering, Totteringham's Day, yeah. Are we going to miss that this year? It's I getting dangerously close. I'm 99% no 99% confident we're not going to get it this year, but it's also Tottenham. So if there's if one thing that happen to, it's, it's Tottenham. PSG and the Spurs. <laughs> um, so City Liverpool 1 1 tie. Thank the Lord. Uh, we were going to have to do a yep. clop diet of no bread. We do not have to do that. We probably should have done one week if they tied because that's a really, really big result for Liverpool, but we did it. So True. we're Next not going to do Next it. Time. 
Yeah. Did you get maybe. Did you get to watch any of this match? I saw some highlights. I saw some very questionable things, but um, I think I didn't get to watch the full thing. Yaya Torre could have been tossed from this game three or four different times. And same thing on the Liverpool side. Couple. It was cool. Very was questionable City, tackles. Right? The game was at uh, I believe so. Yeah. So a huge result for Liverpool then. Yeah. Yeah. City not so much. I think they've dropped to third now. But um, yeah. I mean it was a good goal. I mean, a, a good good match minus the questionable calls, but yeah, that's right. We can do when when in March Madness. That's all we get is questionable calls. Yep. Uh, we're on international break, guys. Not us, the other football podcast, but the EPL. So there'll be no matches until April first. So we will have to think of something to talk about next week. Don't worry about it. We got you covered. We we're in do. Vegas, baby. <laughs> well, that'll be the week after, but no big deal. Let's move to World Cup qualification, Corey. Oh, let's do it. That is the big thing that's been on my mind all week. And any self-respecting U.S. Uh, national team fan, hopefully that's all that's been on your mind the past week or longer. Um, U.S. has two huge matchups coming up for qualifying. Uh, they play later today, later tonight, um, against Honduras. They're in San Jose. That game's at 1030. And then on the 28th, they are at Panama. At 10 o'clock. Must win games. Must win. I'm not... Must watch or must win? Must everything. Everything's a must with these games. Because otherwise they'd go down. If they don't, if they only get like one point out of this, that's one draw, three losses, right? Yes. They need... I'm not saying they need six points out of these two, but they need four. I don't think they can lose one of these games. I think they need a win and a draw at the least. Is this the game that Pulisic just comes out and absolutely dominates? Because it's been oh, he's really increased his form so. since the last time he they had those calls. I know he played well the last game, so he was knocking balls seventy thousand yards across the field right on the guy's foot. Is this the game he? Is this his breakout game? I really hope so. Um, I recently heard Bruce Arena on an interview talking about um, kind of what he expects out of Pulisic, and the the good thing to hear is that he just expects Pulisic to, to play his game. And just fit in with the other, you know, ten players on the team. Is he is he going to start him or is he going to pull a? Quinn I don't know. Him? I think he's going to start him. I th- you have to. I, right? You have to. He's the most skilled player you have on your team. I think he starts him. But again, like I said, you're not adding extra pressure to, to him. He's just hey, go play your game. Hey, um, hey, they're Christian, not looking pretend- at him to make all the plays. You know. Hey Christian, pretend it's a Champions League game and you're playing for Dortmund. That's literally if he plays like and- that, he will be the best player on the pitch. Um, I mean, the U.S. team is basically MLS. There's Pulisic, Jeff Cameron, who plays for Stoke, um, but they're missing DeAndre Yedlin, Fabian Johnson, Bobby Wood. All three of those are injured. What about Freddie Adair? Um, he must be injured. He wasn't on the 24th, so he must be injured. <laughs> I, I can't think of any other any other excuse. Where in the world is Freddie Adair? <laughs> um, I think he's in China. I think he's in China. He might be. You know as, long as, as long as he's making money still by playing soccer, then he's doing better than I think anybody thinks he's doing, if that makes sense. Yes. If somebody is paying him <laughs> to do anything. Well, a, shame on them, but yes. B, good but for him. Congratulations, Freddie. <laughs> yeah. um, I can tell you what country he's not playing in is uh, Syria. <laughs> I, I went back and forth about whether I wanted to talk about this. I was inspired this morning, guys. And by this morning, I mean earlier in the week when I was recording this podcast. I was flipping through BBC, you know, doing my usual news search, and I just, I got, I got hooked. I got clickbaited, and I fell for As it. As one um, does. 
Can't blame uh, it. BBC wrote a really, really nice article about how important this upcoming World Cup qualifier is for Syria. And yes, all right, sob story, a lot going on there. But if you really, really think about it, take a step backwards. This is a country that has like 24 million people in it. Half of them are legitimately refugees. The other half are split into like five different camps of people who are trying to rip each other's heads off. But somewhere in the middle of all this, they've got a men's and a women's national team, mind you, mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of qualifications for the World Cup. And both, I guess, have a chance of making it, starting with the men's. They're one win away. So they've got a game coming up against Uzbekistan. If they win this game, two very important things happen. The first being they win $1,000 each, which apparently is more than a year's salary that they get for playing on the international team. Wow. Uh, it's a very big deal for them. Uh, and on the second side of things, they then reach a playoff, which would be, I think, like the runner-up of a group to then go into a playoff uh, to make the World Cup. Okay. Uh, would be reaching the World Cup. So huge, huge game. And I guess this is one of those stories where everybody shuts their TVs off, stops fighting to watch the team play. I don't know how true that is. Um, but nonetheless, mm. we have to remember that this is a very, very difficult time for Syria in the last six years with all that stuff going on. So it's really, really neat to see something like this, whether it's a team or you know whatever event it is, get everyone together behind each other for whatever that means uh, to support a team. What I'm more impressed about is the women's team. Oh, yeah. So they haven't played an international game, Corey, in, what is it? Six years. Six years. 2011. Six, 2011, right? They have eight days where they're going to Vietnam. Within those eight days, they're playing four games, and that's it. That's their qualification. So... They're ready. I was reading a couple of interviews. They said that you know they're going to go out there. They're going to you know they've been training hard. I mean that if that's not inspiration for you, both of these teams can somehow make it out with all the stuff they got going on. There's there's like they're saying that there were mortar strikes like every day, multiple ones that barely missed the the training grounds. I oh mean, yeah, it's incre- It's an incredible story. It really is. You know, politics aside, you know I wish Syria the best in terms of qualification. They can't even play games in their home country. Yeah. So every single game Syria plays for the qualifications has to be done. Uh, outside, so I mean, it's, next one's it's in Malaysia. It really is insane when you take a step back and think about it. Because, I mean, the last handful of months, especially over here in the U.S., we've had the election, we've had you know all the the craziness that has been the start of this new presidency, and you just forget that beyond this country, Syria is quite literally hell on earth. It's a war zone, and has been hell on earth for the it's last like, five years. It's like playing Call of Duty in real life. Yeah. And now exactly the fact that both of these two soccer teams can pull off something like this. I mean, like uh, as you said, like we like to joke on this podcast and keep it lighthearted and stuff, but this really is would be something special. Well, and, and we saw it on a much lesser scale with Iceland. I mean, that country hasn't had anything to cheer for since they went bankrupt <laughs> like 10 years ago. And they rallied know, together this, for the Euro. This last Euro Cup was fantastic. I mean, the media loved it, so obviously us us podcasters loved it too, but um, so good luck to Syria out there. You, we know that your team doesn't represent all the hatred and everything else that's going on there. Go get them. Do it. Right or done, as they say. Um, okay, so now to uh, moving on from there, on from uh, World Cup qualifiers. I mean, we just we just spoke about U.S. and Syria, but uh, keep in mind this weekend and the upcoming week, um, a lot of World Cup qualifiers. So keep your eye out for them. Catch some good games. I'm sure there will be some good ones. There's too many to even go through or list off, but um, definitely keep your eye out for those. Um, heard it through the grapevine, Phil. 
One thing I heard, and I definitely heard, I can't even, I shouldn't even say grapevine. This is just set in stone. I saw it on the grapevine. Saw it on the grapevine. <laughs> Bastion Schweinsteiger is coming to the U.S. Phil. I think Manchester United listens to our podcast. Last week we were just <laughs> saying must. about how it's such a terrible idea to sign potentially uh, Muller, old retired fart from Germany. Yep. And Man U was like, shit, he had a really good point. He's done nothing for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got rid of him. I don't know what the transfer fee was. Was there a transfer fee? I know you. we've got noted here how much he's making. Yeah, you want so to tell I, that to I don't know if there's a transfer fee involved. I really hope but not. But he signed a one-year deal uh, with the Chicago Fire. He'll be making $4.5 million a year, um, which if you know anything about professional sports, that doesn't seem like a lot. But when you're talking MLS, I mean, you have some of the best MLS players not even making two hundred and fifty k. Yeah, and you're paying a guy four point five mil who actually hasn't done anything good on a soccer pitch for about three years. <laughs> yeah, uh, make it one. Yeah, so it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and I'm Keep stuck. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I don't care it's about too much. Chicago it's Fire. Too, it's too much. Um, but I do care about the MLS trying to ascend to become somewhat of a decent league, and I'm stuck in the middle of the constant argument we seem to have with MLS. Is yes, you're attracting some big names, some big players, but you don't want it to become a retirement league. And I'm yeah, stuck in the middle somewhere here. I'm fine Schoenstager. if it becomes a retirement league, but don't pay these guys this much money to suck. Yeah, that that like, money that should 4. be going 5 to million is a lot for homegrown stars. Yes. Keep them in the league. Here's a good idea, Chicago Fire. Take three million of that 1.5 or four million and invest it in your youth program. Hmm. I don't know. I don't Maybe know. see how that does yet. Keep doing you, MLS. Keep doing you. Yeah. We'll see uh, Liverpool, Liverpool's targeting some uh, serious uh, names. Serious uh, names. <laughs> that was a little bit of a stretch. Like that. Uh, potential rumor mills have Ivan Perisic, who's crushing it with Inter, our boys, the Milan. Yep, yep. Um, played under Klopp at Dortmund, so he knows a lot about him. Uh, we're, what are we estimating here for the cost of this guy? He's killing it this year, so it's going to be pricey. Yeah, I've low, been seeing, low, low demand. I've, I mean, high demand, low supply. Yeah. Anytime you're talking about goal scorers, talking big money, I've been seeing 30 million pounds being tossed around. Um, Don't talk about my weight like that. My bad. That's right. I take it back. 30 million GBP. Nope. How's that? Much better. Clarify. Um, um, but yeah, you know, as, as everybody knows, that's just what Liverpool needs more more firepower. Yes. You know, because their defense is just fine. Yeah, defense is well, fine. Well, in all, in all fairness, this in all fairness, this year they've. Much better defensively, so yeah. Um, I guess I won't hate them too much. Well, we'll see. Uh, moving on to other news uh, this week, Mourinho is back. Uh, what is it? Epiphobia. <laughs> Some long word that's he hates tough teenagers. To he hates teenagers. He hates them. Still, still. His. You think he'd stop this whole thing? Nope. Nope. Hasn't learned. His go-to word. He's he's pulling out the B word. Brat. Wow. That's harsh. Right? <laughs> brat. So you're going to say boys. No, nope, brat. Um, let me give you this quote here. So as you know, Mourinho. Mourinho hates kids. Hates kids. So just keep that in mind. Loves Frank Lampard, as you'll see. Okay. Quote <laughs> from Jose. <clears throat> I had to understand the difference between working with a boy like Frank Lampard, who at the age of 23 was already a man who thought football, work, professionalism, and the new boys who at the age of 23 – they're kids. Today I call them, quote, boys, not men, because I think that they are brats and that everything that surrounds them does not help them in their life, nor in my work. All right. Spin zone. Mm-hmm. Mourinho should listen to boys to men. 
And okay. I think all of his problems are Maybe solved. Maybe we'll get a little more understanding. Of what the transformation takes to go from a boy to a man. Sure. There's it's not a easy. Whole al- there's a whole album out there. Um, Probably multiple albums. Yeah, what was that? Hometown uh, Philly? Hometown Philly back again. You're my little West Coast friend. East Coast friend, whatever. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> I can tell. Um, but hey, no, in all seriousness, Mourinho, got breaking news for you, man. Millennials are the future. This is this is what you don't say. This is what we're dealing with. And listen, I saw this on LinkedIn the other day, so it has to be true. Your business will fail if you don't learn how to deal with millennials. True. That's fact. They are the future. They want what they want. You have to, you have to adjust. You have to be flexible, Jose. So I think this is the end of an era for him. I also is a, is a millennial technically anyone who's born after the eighties. Yeah, I think it's anybody basically that grew up in the like technology world. So their youth revolved around the millennium, as in 2000. So, so I would say late live... 80s probably starts a millennial. Because I think that's called Generation Y, which is why they're so privileged. <laughs> Stretch? Sometimes I, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just want to add one more point. So it seems like soccer and Mourinho... Not a big fan of the millennials and the technology and all this nonsense. I read a story this week about in the NBA how the technology is actually helping their game in the sense that when teams travel, rather than spending their time going out to the clubs at night looking for some companionship, they can now use modern-day apps, a.k.a. Tinder, spend less time out. Now they can basically just swipe on Tinder to get the ladies to come to them. Th- is this a real this thing? This is a real thing. Swear to God. I, can I, I thought you, when you said traveling, I thought you meant that like when NBA players don't dribble the basketball in a game. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, they can save like time at the strip physical clubs. Travel. <laughs> actual physical travel. When they're in other Very cities, rather than going out to the clubs, spending money, being out there all night, it's an on-demand service basically for them. It's keeping them in their rooms more, getting to sleep earlier, and they had coaches and like ex players going on the record and saying like this is a thing that is positively affecting the league. So does that mean that we should put Rick Pitino in touch with Jose Mourinho on the best way to get his players to utilize social media at its finest uh, to help benefit his team? Ooh, I think that would be a a duo made in heaven. Fifteen seconds to heaven. <laughs> All right. On other news in the MLS front, we've got Atlanta, who has to be the most fire club right now. Uh, 4-0 thrashing over the newly signed Feinstagger Chicago Fire. Did not play like fire. Nope. They got burned. They're packed. Yeah, so the Atlanta Stadium. Atlanta loves soccer. Dude, their fans are crazy for it. Um, Loves it. There's a pretty awesome video of their fans rooting on the team. Mid-game, you know, they're doing the, uh, the Iceland clap, you know, where they go slow. The Vikings clap? Yeah. And then speed Fun it fact, up. Did you know that that is not even an Icelandic thing? Really? Who's yep. the originator? It is a Scottish team called Motherwell. Interesting. They went on, there was an Icelandic, I think it might have been, an, I don't know if it was an international, if there was an international team or a club team, uh, traveled to Scotland to play like a um, Europa League game. And the Motherwell fans did that warrior slow clap in front of the Icelandic fans, which, like, led into their house song, like, Song to the Future, or whatever it's called. Uh, and so the Icelandic fans took it back with them and made it their own. So, fun fact of the day. Huh. I did not know that, Phil. 
I'm sure none of our listeners knew that either. Thank you for filling us in. But my question to you uh, for, for filling is, us in. Ooh, as always, Sorry. as always, Go you got to catch that. My question Sorry. to you is, is this Icelandic clap thing slash the Scottish clap thing? Is this the new dab, basically? I don't think it's a dab because a dab is literally dabbing your forehead into your arm, whereas a clap is a clap. Yeah, but I mean, just mean that like everybody's doing it and it was really cool at one point and now maybe it's not so cool. Because it went viral? Because it went super viral, and now you have MLS teams doing it. Well, just, you know what else is viral? It's like little puppies jumping off of slides into pools. Is that That's the next true. That never too? gets old. Your point's right. made. Point made. Uh, another thing that happened this week, Ashley Cole, being the douchebag that he is, came out and said that he's laughing at Arsenal's trophy drought. Uh, hey, Dang. Ashley Cole, newsflash. Uh, do you remember that one time when you took secret meetings with Chelsea while you're with Arsenal, uh, which was extremely <laughs> legal, and you and both you and Jose Mourinho, who was coaching Chelsea at the time, uh, got fined a shit ton of money for that. Huh. How's that for laughing at being a dick? Also, do you remember that one time you got married <laughs> and then cheated on your wife two years later? Because I'm laughing at that, too. I'm laughing at your drought from being a nice person. Hmm. How do you like that? <laughs> I think Phil maybe had a nerve touched there. Arsenal fans hate Ashley Cole. And his name is Ashley. Why don't you have more of a woman name, Ashley? <laughs> yeah, sucker. <laughs> Ashley getting a lot of coal for Christmas. Tell me twice. Yeah. 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 Speaking so of I'm Christmas. Ashley, I'm Ashley Cole. <laughs> Was that your Ashley Cole impression? That's Ashley Pretty Cole. Pretty spot on. Um, speaking of Christmas, we've got uh, the International Champions Cup. Schedule has finally come out. For those of you Woo! who don't know what that is, Trust me, you're not alone. Um, that is the fake tournament that gets put on partly in the U.S. and partly in Asia. I think this is what we covered as like our first big thing last when we started our podcast. Yeah, I think it was right before the Euros started. Yeah, I think so too. This international cup. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically where um, all the biggest clubs in Europe send their teams for like a couple weeks in the U.S. and in Asia. Um they seem like big matchups. Really, like only half of the team's players actually show up. Like their first team players actually show up. Um, and they play a few games and then uh, they go away and you never hear from them in terms of being in the U.S. again. But the managers still have the audacity to complain about how how little prep time they had in the summertime because they were <laughs> yeah. traveling across the world, uh, not playing their players, even though they have the opportunity to do that, and then complaining that they don't have enough time to train together. So. Yeah. I mean, that as well. like I said, there are some big teams. So the eight that are coming to the U.S., uh, Barcelona, Man U, PSG, Juventus, uh, Man City, Real Madrid, Tottenham, and Roma. Um, hey, is PSG playing any games uh, in Oakland by any chance? I don't think so. I just wasn't sure if they were going to go to the venue where everybody blows 3-1 leads. Oh, Phil. Hashtag Golden State. Shots fired. Shots fired. Speaking of shots fired, Alexis being all of the wrong fire in terms of his comparison to Cristiano. <laughs> uh, a new Instagram post I did see, and I know you did too, Corey. Oh. He was wearing shorts that were shorter than the word short could be if you took all the letters out of it. <laughs> Pretty much. It was really uncomfortable. It did not leave much to the imagination. No. Just put it that way. Tiny, tiny, tiny imagination. <laughs> yeah, is he, <sighs> is he maybe is he just going too far with that? The, down the wrong side of Cristiano Ronaldo? I don't know. I think or has he, he earned it? Has he earned it? 
It depends on what he does this summer. Mm. He's definitely not better than Cristiano, and he hates me to say that, but uh, he's. He, I'll tell you what, decent bod. <laughs> decent bod. From from one Arsenal man to another, decent bod. There you go. Respect. That's what it's all about, respect. Um, speaking of respect, we got to give a shout-out to uh, Brighton. Down the t- Before you get into that, can I just talk about how our segments are, are all the, our segues are all the same? Speaking of um, Speaking guys of? who wear really short shorts and their things look really small, uh, Brighton had a <laughs> big game. <laughs> we got to work on that. Hey, guys, you know what? We're out there learning. We learn every day. Learn We're out there week. grinding. If you're not out there getting better, you know, what you're are you doing? You're not trying. Right. You're failing to try, in which case you miss 100% of the shots you take. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, uh, the other football podcast. <laughs> But mostly the other football podcast. Um, so speaking of shots, you don't take. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so it's so hard not to. It's do so it. hard because so. it just makes so much sense in my every head time. every time. Every time. <laughs> All right. Well, God. We'll, we'll, we'll be better. We'll try to be I, better. I hate so much about <laughs> the things that you or the way that you choose to segue. Oh man! Speaking of segways. <laughs> All um, right. <laughs> Think the things. Speaking of things that are not so bright. <laughs> oh, um, Brighton down in the championship. <clears throat> Again, shout out to them. Oh, we got to keep them in our heads, in our hearts. Um, they took a tough two-nil loss to Leeds. Um, <sighs> the good news is, though, they are still in second place. Currently, qualify for the promotion to the Premier League automatically without going through the playoffs. They're only one point back of Newcastle, who's in first. Do we, how, do we know how many games are left? So they've played 38, and I think each team plays 46 because there's 24 teams. So they got eight wow. matches to go. That's a long season. Long season. But as I said, they're only one point back of Newcastle for first. Newcastle has hit a little struggle patch. Uh, they've no wins in their last three. They have two draws and one loss. So... That's allowed Brighton to pull a little closer, and they're six points clear of uh, Huddersfield, who is in third place. Do you so, remember when Leeds was good? Yeah. Well, I, I thought this today. And actually, and, and Newcastle. I thought this well, today. Looking at these championship teams, it's incredible when you think back, you know, 5, all, 10, 15 years. It's all some teams, of teams that ran out of money. That's all that's it is. A thousand percent correlated to money. It's every Newcastle pretty much went bankrupt. I think the guy who owns Newcastle now is the guy who owns um, that sports store, Intersport or something like that. It's a huge sports chain in the U.K. Um, Nobody likes him. I forget (laughs) his name. It's blanking on me. But uh, if it wasn't for him, I think Newcastle would have went bankrupt. And Leeds did go bankrupt after they were awesome. So it really is people just ran out of money. And I think that's like that in, in all leagues. If you go to Italy, it's the same thing. It's all teams that used to be really, really good back in the day. And couldn't keep up with the spending of Juventus and the Milans. Huh. Or even the Milans couldn't keep up. They just got bought out by those Chinese guys last summer. Yep, true, true. Uh, it's, it's all money. It's all about money, Corey. That's money makes the world go round, Phil. Um, so, yeah, that's our that's our weekly shout-out for Brighton. And I think just like a chicken with Caesar lettuce, tomatoes, and onions and dressing, it's a wrap, Corey. Uh, everybody enjoy the now rest hungry, of your Phil. Enjoy the rest of your lovely Friday. Uh, get out there. Go out for lunch, take a walk, get through the afternoon, have a little coffee, go out for drinks after work, enjoy some World Cup qualifiers this weekend. Guys, we missed you. It's great to be back. Uh, Chaps and chapettes, I bid you a fair ado. Get your soccer on this weekend, everybody, and goodbye. Goodbye.